In Deuteronomy chapter 27 and 28, we see this amazing picture. This, you know, I, I pray for Holy Ghost pictures when I read the Scriptures. So uh, I'll, I'll read it in just a little bit, just a few verses. But this is where Moses and God were getting the people ready to, to come into the new land. And God said, look, there's two, there's two mountains. And when I say mountains, I don't mean like the Rocky Mountains. Uh, maybe not even as big as the Appalachian Mountains, but this huge rise of land. And, and then there's a valley. Picture this. And on the other side of the valley, there's another huge mountain-like structure. And he says, I want six tribes to go on this mountain, six tribes on that mountain. So literally, there, were, there had to have been hundreds of thousands. Can you imagine this? Hundreds of thousands of people standing on this mountain. You got that? Uh, can you even picture hundreds of thousands? And then a valley, and then on the other side, another 100,000. And what they did is they, they began to read what would happen if you didn't obey God's laws. And they started shouting out like the Ten Commandments and different things like that, even things down to if you move your neighbor's property line, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I mean, I mean they, they were getting down to it. They, they had all these rules and so forth, and, and, and the whole chapter 27 is a whole list of things. And every time they said, if you do not do this, you know, if you mess this up, you are cursed. Aren't you glad you live in the New Testament? But how many know when we do allow sin in our lives, it does cut off blessing? But then they got on the other side. I, I, I wonder if some of the people on this side say, I wish I could have been on the blessing side. Why do I have to be on the cursing side? I don't know. So they would, they would, they would declare curses whenever God's people would disobey hundreds of thousands. Of, you know, they didn't have amplification, so that was their sound system people's voices then on the other side now let's go to that scripture on the other side they began to proclaim blessings you know it might have been the lord's will i don't know so deuteronomy 28 verse 1 he says now it shall come to pass if you diligently what obey the voice of the lord not disobey obey uh to observe carefully all his commandments which i commanded you today how many believe blessings come when we obey the Lord? That the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Ah, praise God. Let's just read through that. Verse 2. Yeah. Again, we're blaming Misty. Okay. And all, say all, all these blessings, wow, shall come upon you and overtake you, not just how There's blessings that are wanting to catch you. Some of you are just running faster than your blessing. Let's just go home. They'll overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice wow. of the Lord your God. Okay? Verse 3. Now, it shall come to pass, or uh, anyway, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Come on, we're just going to roll through these. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds. I know that doesn't bless anybody. 
Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Oh, that'll bless some of you. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed you shall be when you go out. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Oh, that's a good one. And then in verse 8 it said, The Lord will command. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm coming back to that. The Lord houses command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Okay. And that whole chapter goes through blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. But something caught my eye, and I want you to catch this. This verse right here. This is the only blessing that says God is going to command it. All the rest just come because you obey. But if you'll obey this one, God said there's not a devil in hell that could stop the blessing. There's not a situation that can obscure it. Nothing can hinder it. He said, I'm going to command a blessing. Look out, devil, there's a command blessing coming. Amen. Oh, all you got to do is just, just obey the Lord. But listen, where's the blessing? Where's the blessing? He said, I'm going to bless your storehouses. Now, the problem is some of us don't have many storehouses. God can't bless what you don't have. And whether or not you have a storehouse is up to you. It's a choice you make, and I'm going to explain what a storehouse is in a minute, but I want you to catch this. I want you to realize that God can only put a blessing on what you gather. So God is going to command a blessing on your storehouse. The definition of a storehouse is any repository or source of abundant supply. We want to talk about how God gives us supply, but I don't hear many people talking about a supply that we gather, probably because most of us spend it as soon as we get it. Oh, you're going to get quiet on me with that. Some of us, if, we, if they doubled your income, it wouldn't make any difference. You'd blow it. I rebuke a poverty mindset in the name of Jesus. There's some of us, we spend it because we're just kind of raised with this fear. I got it now, but I may not have it tomorrow, so I'm going to spend it now. Oh, get quiet on me. I don't care. Are you all following me up there in the booth? They're having some problems. We're just going to keep on going. Listen, a storehouse is anything you put aside for the future. Anything you put aside, and I'm, I'm going to break that down some more because I know you all thinking about money, but I'm thinking about a lot more than that. I've always heard this phrase. Now, don't, don't tune me out because there's, listen, I'm going to go somewhere with this, and it's going to help you. How many want some help today? I've always heard it said, and I always said amen to it until this morning when the Holy Ghost rebuked me. Did you ever get rebuked by the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) I've always heard people say, 
give God the first 10% and then give yourself the second 10%. I was going to preach that, and then the Holy Ghost said, don't you dare. What, has it been reduced to 9% now? Do, 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 we, have a, do we have a tithe sale this morning? Or what? No, because and the Lord just began. I didn't see this coming. The Lord just began to deal with me, and he said, look, 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 listen to what you're saying here. I've got to give God the first 10% as if to say, well, th- there goes that. Here's your 10%, God. Well, I guess that's gone. As if giving that 10% to God has nothing to do with us. So we get the attitude that that's money wasted almost. It's money that's gone. It's, you know, it's just just give it to God. Like I were to give you a $100 bill that I no longer have it. You got it. It has nothing to do with me. And God said, no, 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 that's not what that's about. He said, when you give that 10%, I put it in a storehouse. Malachi 3.10, I put it in a storehouse. When he said, I'll open the windows of the storehouse, what he's saying is, I take that 10%, I put it in a storehouse, and when you obey me, I pour out of the storehouse. But if you hadn't put anything, we expect all kinds of blessings from storehouses. And well, some of us are going to get to heaven, and God's going to give you a tour of your storehouse, and you'll be able to see all the empty shelves. Yay! Clovers. So, so, so there's a storehouse in heaven, and your tithes go in that storehouse, and when you're obedient to God, then he can bless you unlimited way beyond what you gave him. So it's not like, well, gave God his 10%. Oh, my God, are you crazy? You didn't just put that in, a, in, in some place for someone else or for God to store up. God's not, God doesn't need to store anything up you give him. That's just an investment. That's just an open window on giving him permission to bless you back on everything he has in heaven. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying if, if you don't pay your tithes, you can't be blessed. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there are certain blessings that only come out of the storehouse. Woo, glory. My, 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 my. How many are getting what I'm saying, getting what I'm saying, getting what I'm saying? And, and then the other 10%, they say, well, you give God the first 10% and give yourself the second 10%. In other words, put it in a bank and have a savings or retirement or whatever. And God rebuked me on that. He said, oh, okay, so the first 10% you give away, and that's just useless, uh, that's just lost money, and the second 10% is just whatever you want. God said, no, that's not what that's about. He said, I want you to take another 10%, lay your hands on it, bless it, and say, God, I'm going to put that in a material warehouse here on earth. It might be your retirement. It, It might be any, but listen, it's not about, you doing that, doing with that whatever you want, it's letting, it's holding on to it with open hands so that you say, God, I'm putting this second percent, this is a material thing that I have, and I'm saying, God, you can bless it and use it any way you want to. So you put that 10% aside and said, God, bless it, use it any way you want, and that's ooh, the second storehouse that he will use. There's a spiritual storehouse, and there's a natural storehouse, and God said, when you obey me, he said, I will bless your storehouses. Right? Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into what? 
the storehouse. He said that there may be food in my house, not just your house. And try me now. It's the only time in Scripture God says, put me to the test. Put that in the storehouse and see what happens. I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour out a blessing. You won't have a storehouse big enough from the blessing that I'll pour out of my storehouse. Give God praise right there. Amen. And let me, I, I just, I don't know if you're getting it. Again, what I'm saying is whenever you consume, whenever you save things to consume on your lusts, whenever you save so you can do what you want to do, that's not God's storehouse. That could be your greed. Let's just go home. Woo! But some of you, that scares the daylights out of you. <gasps> but God might tell me to give that to somebody. <gasps> you really think he's going to leave you destitute? Do you really think he's going to put you in the poor house just so someone else could be in a blessed house? No. Don't Listen, you can't... He said, if, if you pray for bread, am I going to give you a rock? Am I going to give you a scorpion, a snake? No, no. Listen, we've got to start trusting God with everything we have. Is this okay? My, 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 my. First Chronicles 22, 14. It says, it says, something. It says something wonderful. Amen. First Chronicles 22, 14. Do we have it? We don't have it. Sorry. It was a great scripture. <laughs> Uh, I, it's, I'd have to look it up. I, I, you look it up. Y'all got your Bibles, right? You got your Bibles? Just look it up. Are you saying, preacher, that God may bless me according to what I put in storehouses? I don't believe that's scriptural. Well, I'm about to prove you wrong. He said in one place that he'll bless some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Listen. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, when that scripture came to me, again, the Holy Ghost said, be careful here. We are not saying that God doesn't love you. Please, if you don't give. How many know God loved you unconditionally, completely, wholly, before you were even saved? Back in the days when you were a God-hater. He loved you. Don't he said, well, what does God mean that he loves a cheerful giver? In other words, if you're grouchy when you give, does that mean God doesn't love? No, no, God loves everybody. So what does it mean when God says he loves a cheerful giver? It, it doesn't mean that God loves you less or more. Watch this. What it means is that there is a different return on what you give. He doesn't love one more than the other, but it's like being a parent of several children, and you see that some of your kids, if you gave them $1,000, they will blow it, or they will use it to buy drugs, or they'll use it, right? So you, you say, well, I, you know, why would, I, why would I do that? And then you've got another kid who's industrious. You know they'll invest it. You don't know they'll turn that 1000 into 2000 Who do you give the money to? But do you love them the same? But do you reward them the same? You can't give. Oh, come on now. This is hard preaching. You won't hear this preached most places. 
So that's why I said some get 30, some get 60, some get 100, and it all depends on how good you are at, at establishing storehouses because he blesses you out of your storehouse. Preacher, I don't know. Well, what about the talents? What about the parable of the cities, right? He gave one 10, gave one 5, gave one 1. And when the one that had 10 invested well, built a storehouse, what did he do? Gave him another 10. Gave the other guy another 5. And the one who did nothing with the one, he blew it. He buried it. Fear. Listen, I know everybody in this room loves to give, but there's that fear. There's that fear. Wow. Wow. What if I... That's a poverty spirit that says, "What I may, if I give this, I may not have enough. And we're always worried about having enough when we're serving a God of more than enough. God loves. In other words, God blesses a cheerful giver. The ushers are coming back to you. You can change your attitude. <laughs> Whew. Wow. There's First Chronicles. I guess I'll preach it now. David said, David was right building the, getting ready. He, he, was, he was building a storehouse so Solomon could build. Listen, some of the things you're building are for your kids. To, your kids are going to flow in the ministries and the storehouses that you, that you created. He said, indeed, I have taken much trouble. I have taken much trouble to prepare. That, that can be translated, I have actually taken from my poverty. To prepare for the house of the Lord, 100,000 talents of gold, uh, uh, one, uh, one, 1 million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond measure, for it is so abundant. By the way, they said if you put this, uh, I wish I had looked it up. When, they, when you put this in today's money with those, those uh, 100,000 talents of gold, how many pounds that is, this would be the most beautiful, most expensive building on the planet today the temple of the Lord. There's not a building on earth now that would cost more than that. That's amazing because a lot of buildings are a lot bigger than that. This is amazing. But he says, I've put it all in a storehouse so that Solomon can draw out of it and build me a house of God. Wow. Timber and stone. He said, I just put it all in a storehouse and God says, whatever you put in the storehouse, listen, if you do it by faith, I will bless it. How many are with me? How many are with me? Now, back to our scripture, I want you to understand something. I want to remind you something. God said, when you build a storehouse, I command blessings. Just as a side note, just to chase this rabbit, there are actually only three places, three things in scripture that God commands blessings on. How many would like to know what they are? Huh? Three places that God commands blessing. Come back next Sunday and we'll. One is the one we read to you. The second one is Leviticus 25. I won't spend a lot of time here, but Leviticus 25, verses 21 and 22. Then I will what? Command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. I'll explain this. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year. Until its produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. What's this talking about? It's talking about 
sabbatical, sabbatical. We could boil that down to just being faithful one day a week. Don't look at, that, at me in that tone of voice. This, this is actually one of the Ten Commandments. Y'all wouldn't think of breaking the other nine, but you break that one all the time. Whoop, there you go. That, that, that black spirit's just coming on me, brother. It's just, ha! Glory to <laughs> You know what he's saying here? Every seventh year, I'll try to be quick. Every seventh year, you weren't allowed to sow anything. Now, remember, these, these are like 99% of these families live off agriculture. There were farmers, almost all of them. That's, that's how they made a living. So he says, one year, I don't want you to plant anything. I want you to let the land rest. Listen, if God cares that much for the land, you better start letting your own body rest. Otherwise, you're violating Scripture. I preach to preachers all the time. You know, I just can't take a sabbatical. My people won't let me go. I would feel guilty if I left them. Oh, why do you think it all depends on you? Quit acting like it's all about you. Oh, if I don't work seven days a week, oh, my, oh, I just can't pay the bills. Really? Really? What makes you think you can violate Scripture and be blessed? You say, well, my, my boss makes me work on Sunday. Well, then take, then make Monday your, huh? In fact, I've written letters for people. I've said, I said, so-and-so is an important member of our church, and blah, 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 we really, can, we really need him here. He's sincere. He will be in. I know some bosses don't want to let people off on Sunday because they'll all act like they're Christians. I know why they don't do that. Oh, I'm a Christian, too. Uh, I worship uh, St. Mattress every morning. I, you didn't know about St. Mattress? He's the paint, patron saint of people who sleep in on Sunday morning and don't go to church. He's the, he watches over yourself. Amen. He, so here we go, right? I've written letters to these bosses. And I say, man, let this guy off on Sunday. He's real. He really, we need him in church, and he wants, and, and this is scriptural. And, and I signed it, you know, Dr. Bruce A. Phillip. You know, just let him, and I've done it, and they've let him off. So if you need a letter, just let me know. We'll write you a letter. Whatever it takes. And I know some bosses won't, but, but now you have Saturday night. Maybe Saturday's your Sabbath. But listen, one day a week, you need to shut down. You need to, you need to pray and play. You need to recreate, recreation, have a good time, have fun, and spend time in the presence of the Lord. It's not just all spiritual stuff. It's just about stop. Sabbath literally means stop. Just stop doing it. It's what Pharaoh, it's what Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. Amen. That's your, that's the scripture you take to your boss tomorrow morning. Let my people go that I may, listen, you can't make bricks 24 hours a day. It's called diminishing returns. So you'll work, you'll work 50 hours a week, and you'll only see a 40-hour return. So then you'll start working 60 hours a week thinking you can make more, do more, and then you'll get a 30-hour return. And the more you work, the less return you get. But when you honor God, he takes the 40 hours and makes it 60. Ah, come on, if you believe this, give him a praise. It's the word of the Lord. We need to start... 
He said, remember. Remember the Ten Commandments? It's the only commandment he says, remember. Because he knows we forget. Because we get caught up in the world. We get caught up in making money and doing stuff around that, doing all the stuff we got to do. And we forget it is the Lord's day that he made for you. That's pretty cool. It's the Lord's day that he made. Adam's first. Oh, I see. I get on these things. Adam's first day was a Sabbath. And he, gave, he gave Adam all this work to do. He gave him a to-do list. I want you to name all the animals. I want you to cut back all the, uh, you know, I want you to make this into a garden. Or what, you know, I want you to keep expanding the garden. I want you to do all this. But first of all, I want you to take a long nap. He spent his first day in the presence. Oh, my God. If you'll spend a day in the presence of God, the next six days will be awesome. Anybody getting what I'm saying? And let me just throw this in because I'm ornery. Come on, time. All right. At 1030, there are like 20 people in here. Come on. Just bump your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Finish what happened there. So, so. Listen, 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 listen. He'll command a blessing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't finish what happened there. So, so one, so on, on, uh, he said, listen, on the seventh year, you don't plan anything. So he says, I'll bless you so much in the sixth year that it will carry you through the seventh year. And by the way, if you don't plan anything in the seventh year, that means there's nothing there in the eighth year. You understand what I'm thinking there? So he says, I'll bless you so much in the sixth year that you'll have enough for the seventh and the eighth and the ninth. He blesses you before. That's why you need a storehouse. Don't blow it all. Some of you live like kings the first two weeks and paupers the last two weeks. (laughs) Oh, help us, Jesus. Oh. Don't believe the thing preacher preached today. <laughs> if you'll start putting things in storehouses, you will be amazed what God will do. So that's the second command. How many want to know where the third one is? Psalms 133 in verse 1. It is, uh, well, you know, the verse 1, 2, and 3, right? How good and pleasant or rare it is for brothers. Didn't even mention the sisters. Uh, how blessed it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Then David says, you know what it's like? It's like the anointing oil. Unity is a precious commodity, church. How many know we got unity here? And that's why there's an anointing on our services. Because we operate in integrity and unity. And we love each other. Amen? You say, well, they corrected me. They don't love me. No, that's why we corrected you. You say, well, you're supposed to be family here. Well, don't family correct each other? There's a lot more revelation in this message you're giving me credit for. (laughs) Glory to God. He said, it is like the anointing that they poured on Aaron's head and ran down his beard all the way to the bog. How many know God? begins the blessing on the head and it flows down. I want that anointing preacher. Well, then get in your place. It's not about looking for the, oh, God, send me an anointing. No, just get in your place. It's already flowing. The anointing in this church is flowing. You'll get it when you get in your place. Not the place I want you, but the place God wants you in. I don't control that. You need to find that and do that. Can I get an amen? 
But then in the third verse, it says this. It is like, here we go again, it is like, it is like. It is like the dew of Hermon. Now, Hermon is a mountain up to the north, and it is a really high mountain. And here's what it is. The clouds come across off the Mediterranean Sea, right? And the mountain is so high that when those clouds hit Mount Hermon, it's like dew. It, it, just, it just sucks all the moisture out of the clouds. It's kind of like how California is green, and to the right of the Rockies, it's all desert. Right? Because the Rocky Mountains suck all the air, all the moisture out of the air when those clouds rise. So, so uh, uh, in my next life, I'm going to be a meteorologist, by the way. <laughs> I could do worse. I could do worse in my next life. <laughs> Listen, Mount Hermon draws all the moisture out of the sky, out of the sky, out of the atmosphere. And it sucks all that moisture, and it begins to run down into the Jordan River, and the Jordan River flows south, and that's where Jerusalem, Zion, gets its water. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Listen, we talked about praise and worship today. As we begin to worship God, as there's a lifting up of his name, it catches the blessing, the dew of heaven, and turns it into rivers and the rivers into torrents. And and eventually that comes to the church. It comes to you. Amen. So we need to have some things in our lives that are lifted up to him. Oh, my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to have a Holy Ghost storehouse that Lift it up to God because what's high will catch the blessings of heaven. Amen. Quit living in low places. Start living in high places, right? For there, say for there, for there the Lord commands the blessing. Life forevermore. If you got me, say amen. Wow. Storehouses on earth. i got to hurry up are blessed if they're used for the kingdom of heaven.